There is power in personal stories. It connects us, it empowers us, and it holds us accountable. It creates understanding and expands our perspective. This is Big in the Community with Jonathan James at the Kalamazoo Promise, a podcast aimed to highlight local leaders, collaborators, and innovators in the greater Kalamazoo community. All right, we're going to get right into it today. We have a wonderful guest, so I just want to get this quote out of the way real quick. I think a role model is a mentor, someone you see on a daily basis and you learn from them. And that was Denzel Washington, who grew up in Boys and Girls Club, learning from Billy Thomas, a Boys and Girls Club staff member. He said, everything you've seen or heard about me began with lessons I learned to live by at the club. So it's only fitting that our guest today is Matt Forkin, Director of Program Development and Evaluation, Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kalamazoo. Clubs. Clubs I forgot. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I, I, I've I, been listening to him, and I've seen the folks that you have had on up to this point, and I don't even think humbled begins to how I feel about being here today. I think it's I've, I've seen those people and even be in, in the same category, in the same space, um, it, it truly is humbling, and I appreciate appreciate you having me on. Hey, well, you you deserve to be here just as much as anybody else. Um, I know whenever we've been in the same space and like we've been in meetings and whatnot, you're always just like a fount of information. Like you always know what to say, how to say it based on who's in the room. Um, I've taken notes when I've heard you speak. You're giving um, me too much credit, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I do. I'll come back to the promise and say, like, you know, we need to start doing this, this, and this. And, you know, I don't, I don't put, I need to put like quotations at the end of some of the stuff I say, cause I know I've brought some stuff back from meetings that we've had. So hey, I think we all just learned from each other around here. Okay. All right. Humble, humble brag. Um, no, but thank you for being here. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Uh, so we'll just jump into the questions. So, how long have you been in your current role, um, and how long have you been in Kalamazoo? So current role, maybe two and a half, three years. Um, I've been with the club for 13 years, started working there when I was 19, um, and I've been in Kalamazoo since 2008. So I came out okay. here to go to school in 2008, um, and then I started working at the club in 2010. Nice, nice. And they can't get rid of me. <laughs> Is there like a clause in your contract? And you know what? There should be at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to do the work that the club does. Um, and the fact that they allow me to continue to work there. Um, it's, I'm, I'm grateful every day when I get up that I get to go to work for, for an org- the organization that I do and be around the people that I do um, and work with the partners and the kids and the families and all those folks. Yeah. I don't think they'd want to get rid of you either. Just uh, from what I, from what I've seen, I haven't seen you like at the club, but I've seen you in community spaces and just like at different things. I'm like, all right, he's this this guy's this guy's it. He's he's him, as as our uh, producer would say. He says he's him. I'm him. Just you know, just do that. Just put it on you your know, like just, next time you get a name tag instead of putting Matt, put him. Just hey, put. I'm, him. Just, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. That's all there is. Nice. Uh, so. How do you engage with the Kalamazoo community? I try to engage 
in as many ways as possible in the most humble, supportive way. Um, I'm not here to solve problems. Um, I'm not here to step in other folks' space and tell them how to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to get in where I fit in. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky and grateful to have been welcomed into a lot of spaces um, and just play the role that's, that's asked, that's desired, mm-hmm. um, and do what I can where I can for who I can and when I can. No, that's perfect. That's a perfect answer. See, I'm still I'm still taking notes over here. I'm like, all right, how, how would I say that? I need to. All right. I just get in where I fit in, you know. Um, so how do you collaborate with, uh, say, like the Kalamazoo Promise or other organizations? I, I think that's probably the most important part of my job. Uh, is finding those ways to leverage resources, whether that be the knowledge that institutions have, um, being smart financially and leveraging those dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, it's all about creating opportunities for young people. Um, that's really where the work is for me, is making sure that everyone has those chances and those opportunities. And we can't do that alone. I don't mm-hmm. think that the Boys and Girls Club can do it alone. I don't think the Promise can do it alone. I don't think KPS can do it alone. I think we all need each other um, to provide the best product for all young people and make sure that they all have the opportunities um, that everyone deserves. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we work together, work together in a smart way, uh, work together with humility, work together with love, because uh, at the end of the day, that's what's going to produce the best product for our young people, and and that's that's the main thing and we got to keep the main thing the main thing mm-hmm. i'm gonna ask you to pull your microphone just a little bit closer all right there we go i got you, a little you got, got a little relaxed in the chair yeah, once we yeah, got you, started. Lean, you lean back you know yeah. but just want to make sure people can hear the things that you're saying the knowledge bombs that you're dropping for sure um so what i guess for boys and girls club what 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 would someone let's say like you're talking to a parent what would you tell them boys and girls club has to offer I think Boys and Girls Club has the ability to offer experiences and opportunities outside of the norm. And that's not even just through the club. That's through partnerships with the Kalamazoo Public Library, with partnerships with the Kalamazoo Promise, with KRESA, with other organizations, and even even folks in the community that are doing great work that might not have the space or might not always have all the pieces put together, Mm -hmm. but they have the knowledge, they have the skills. And so making sure that there's an accessibility for a lot of times the folks that run programs and the people from our community that are for the community that really want to help our young people take that next step. Um, And again, for us, it's not about us doing it all. There are plenty of folks in this community um, that do wonderful, wonderful work. And so it's making sure those opportunities are there for them so we can provide them to the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's really would be my pitch to the parents is look like this is, you know, we are who we are and we try to provide quality youth development programming for young people every single day and a safe place for them to be and find a place of belonging. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about us. It's about our network and the folks that we can give your young people access to that might change the game for them in some way, shape or form. That's all right. I'm sold. How, <laughs> how soon? So if, if I have a kid who's about to go into like KPS and he's about to be in kindergarten, how soon does boys and girls club, like how soon do they get involved with that? So after 
they start kindergarten. Mm-hmm. They can start at the club. So the fall, so let's say they started in fall of 23, day one of kindergarten, they'd be able to come and they'd be able to stay with us until the day they graduate. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully once they graduate, we find other ways to stay engaged. Um, I think that's one of the really powerful pieces about it, about what the club can do is it is, it's a lifelong journey for a lot of folks. I mean, mm-hmm. We have generations of club families here where I know the, the five, six-year-old that's at the club now, but I was working on the floor when my dad was there, and I know their parents who also went to the club that maybe Miss Debbie saw come through the door, which a quick shout-out, Miss Debbie. If you know the club, you know Miss Debbie. Um, but, yeah, so it's, I think it's, it, it's a really unique feature of the Boys and Girls Club is that it's a K to twelve experience, and then it's it's incredible to see to see folks like your producer that were coming through the Boys and Girls Club once upon a time um, out here out here in the world doing big things and, and finding their passion, um, and it, it's it's what makes the long days worth it. It's, mm-hmm. it's what keeps us all going. Mm. That's that's kind of that perpetuity mindset. Like we we always you know we say the promise exists in perpetuity, but seeing other organizations that have been around that long that we need to have students in and going through that. So that way, when they get to us, they're ready for post-secondary education. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I feel like we're seeing that, right. We're seeing second gen scholars at this point we're seeing, we're seeing them in school and engaging. Um, you know, we just keep pushing ourselves to get better and find better ways to serve our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's rare for me to come across folks that, that don't know of the promise, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or that don't know or aren't haven't taken advantage of it. And all the young people that come through our doors know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. um, and figuring out ways to support and make that happen so that perpetuate, so that does perpetuate. And we are seeing generations of promise scholars because there's power to that, right? Mm-hmm. I keep thinking, okay, what's my son going to be in? What's, you know, what's my youngest son going to be in? How do I, you know, make this, carry this generational gift that we've, that we've got here in Kalamazoo, um, but also with the resources. So like, I didn't know all these resources existed when I was in K through 12. Now I'm like, oh, you know, my kids are going to be in that because I had difficulty in in post-secondary. Sure. But maybe if they got this help, or just, you know, a mentor, role model, whatever it is, social, emotional learning. Like, there's so many different ways that we can help students. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's so many avenues that we can go into of, like, how do we support students? How do we help them? Because everybody's needs are different. And that's a that's one of the things that I see, like, when I've been in meetings with you, I'm like, okay, I didn't even think about this. Sure, sure. And I'm like, okay, bring that back to the staff. Say, hey. They're doing all this stuff and all these other things. We need to support that. We need to help with that. Yeah, and I think that's, there's so much to that, too, of the, the cookie-cutter approach just doesn't work. It's never mm-hmm. a one-size-fits-all, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even you have you have two sons. Mm-hmm. The same approach isn't going to work for both of them, mm-hmm. right, and what they're going to be interested in. And maybe the Boys and Girls Club is the organization for one of them. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not for the other one. Maybe it's for neither of them. We have such an abundance of resources in Kalamazoo. I think that's the beautiful thing is we have organizations um, that, that just there's so much to offer, and mm-hmm. there's something for everyone. And, and if we kind of make sure that we're doing our jobs as adults and creating those opportunities and, and breaking down barriers to access those places. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there there is something for everyone, and there is a place where every child will feel that belonging. Uh, we just have to work together to identify those places. Yeah. I mean, even between my two sons. So, like, my older son, he's 11, and he just – he's doing – He's doing the esports okay. thing, so like he's seen Marlon up there. Shout yep. out to Marlon. Yep. Um, he's been doing that on Mondays, but like having your kid in something where you co-parent, and you have to have that communication of, "Hey, I want my son to be in this thing. Are you okay with that? Sure. Can we split the cost? Is do I need to take on the cost? You know, there's there's a whole other layer of like this does this is completely different, completely different approach for even my own sons. Very different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where I'm checking in with someone else to say, hey, can we do this thing for him? I think it'd be a great opportunity. And it might not work out because I have to check in with somebody else who, you know, not to say anything about about that person, but it's just there's another layer of difficulty. Sure. Where we might not have the best communication and to make sure that he's going to things week to week is more difficult. Yeah, and I think that's and, – and, when we just think about access in general, right? Like, I think we we think about it very linearly, mm-hmm. um, but we never really know until we ask, right? What are those barriers that could be there? Because it could be something like that, and it could just be communication mm-hmm. between two adults trying to co-parent, and not everything is going to work out the way somebody might presume, and we'll never know the reason unless we dig a little bit deeper and listen. Because mm-hmm. for my youngest son, he's he's not even a year old, and we're already talking about oh he's going to be in this 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 yep. this this yep. every year. He's doing a sport; doesn't matter. He can like he can pick what the sport is, but he has to do some sport. His calendar is going to be busy. Extra than yours before yeah, right, he knows right. it. Yeah, right. So it's it's um we want to tap like me and my wife. We want to tap into every single possible resource in Kalamazoo. Like we've already used some. Um, for like healthy baby, healthy start, whatever it okay. is, we're already like, okay, I know this thing's going on in Kalamazoo. Now we can use that. And it's going to help us um, lift some of the burdens that we have. And then that translates into better success for him. Yeah. So I, I can already see the difference between just my two sons, but to think about all the different uh, kids in Kalamazoo, there's a lot that could happen. Yeah, and just and again, the variables out there are different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just being able to take that into account, I think there's there's a lot of credit that goes to the promise with the approaches and the strategies that I've seen getting implemented over time, right? And, mm-hmm. and never, never being satisfied with where you're at and the approaches that you're taking, um, and trying to figure out the different ways to reach people because that's what it comes down to, right? Is is mm-hmm. we're going to have to keep crafting solutions. Yeah. Um, those those come from listening and those come from learning, mm-hmm. and it's always changing too. Because sorry, I'm just I'm just going off. Uh, you're tangent. good. You're good. Um, but it's always changing. Like say we might focus on black men, like that might be the population that we need to focus on to help um, help them utilize their promise. Yeah, we might notice a you know downtrend in their attendance or in their utilization of the promise. Start focusing on them, then another group starts to dip. Then we need to focus on them. You know, we got them doing all right got rid of disparities but then we need to focus differently yeah i mean the 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 goal and the outcomes never change but the goalposts move over time mm-hmm. and so you know again it's i think it's our responsibility as adults in this community to be able to adapt and we have to be flexible mm-hmm. we have to understand and we have to listen because what we did yesterday might not be the same approach that's effective today mm-hmm. 
But that outcome didn't change from yesterday to today. So what do we need to, how do we need to think differently? Mm -hmm. How do we need to listen differently? And how do we need to do differently to ultimately set people up for that kind of success and and create those opportunities? Yeah. And it, it translates into our own organizations, our strategic plans, mission and vision might stay the same or they might tweak a little bit, but our plans is the part that changes. Yeah, absolutely. Is that working is if it's working, keep doing it. If it's not, Let's try and be innovative and find something new. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Enough of the tangent. <laughs> um, so enough about the organization, enough about um, the promise. What about you? What's your story? Who are you? You can go back as far as you want. We can cry a little bit if you're comfortable. <laughs> but whatever you want to share, um, your education, career, family, friends, hobbies, interests, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, so from the east side of the state originally, um, came out to Kalamazoo in 2008 for school at Western. Mm-hmm. Um, Go Broncos. Yep, always, always and forever. Um, growing up, my life was really structured. Mm-hmm. I was always playing sports. I was always involved in the student governments, the things like that. That's just, I, I've always been somebody that's been involved. Um, come out to Kalamazoo for school. Mm-hmm. Um and immediately was looking for like kind of those places of belonging and looking for those those structures. And when I think about how the promise would have benefited me, it would have been in that, right? And having mm-hmm. those resources and those supports and that, you know, neither of my folks have degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an older brother that went to college, but he went to college and commuted from home. And, and, and this was just a new experience. And my parents did an incredible job raising me um, and taught me so much about how to treat people and how to work hard and, and just all of the pieces to prepare me for adulthood. Uh, but the one piece that was missing was that post-secondary piece. And so I moved out to Kalamazoo and I didn't have that structure that I had always organically had in my life. And so mm-hmm. Uh, there's this there's this piece missing, and academically it started to suffer. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden it's, okay, well, if you're not going to school full-time, you got to start working, and, I mean, bills have to get paid, and all right. these things start happening. And before you know it, you're working two, three jobs um, just trying to make ends meet, and school takes the back seat. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to school on and off for about six years, um, and eventually – was just focused on work. Um, and so to this day, I am still a few credits short. Um, but I, I just had a conversation with my wife recently. It's one of those things that I'll never let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're plotting how I'm getting back in the classroom. I don't, I don't mind being the old guy in class. Like we're going to go ahead and knock this out and get it done. Cause it's important. Um, and I've, you know, I've taken the professional route in the sense of that's where my education, so much of my education has come from. I've been, really really privileged by the people i've been able to learn from Mm -hmm. i've had incredible leaders around me um and people that have taught me the trade of youth development um and i've had the ability to learn about organizational structures and grant writing and all the different pieces to it um but that still is there's unfinished business Mm -hmm. Uh, and and growing up and just who i am I'm, i'm a competitive person um and good, bad, and different, mm-hmm. um, there's still unfinished business here with this degree. And uh, I'll be back on this podcast when it's done. I can promise okay. you that. All right. No, that'll be awesome to see. Uh, um, 
Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying that's and and that's another piece too. Is, is is again everybody's unique and everybody has different needs and everybody has their different story and everybody's going to have a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a little while to come to terms with that. Right, you're 24, you're 25, you're seeing your peers graduating, you're seeing them doing their thing, and mm-hmm. you know it takes at some point in time you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say what I'm doing is for me. This is this is the right path for me, mm-hmm. um, and helping young people discover that uh, and knowing that traditional routes are aren't the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an important piece of all the work that we do, and, and again, it's it's about figuring it out for yourself and and, and being who you want to be and taking the route that you want to take. Um, but yeah, it's still a little unfinished business on the table. Yeah. No, it's it's good to hear like you your story and how you got through what you got through. Yeah. Um but also I can resonate with some of that stuff. I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, that's that's how I felt when I started really going to school. Sure. Um I was like twenty four, twenty five when I started actually like, oh, I need to do this. And I felt I felt older than everybody. I had a kid, so there was a lot of oh I always felt I was doing so much more than everybody else comparatively. And I had to get out of my own head sometimes like, okay, it's, it's, it's not a direct route. It, everybody's story is different and I don't need to beat myself up because I went about it a different way. That's it. And I think one of the things that I value most is life experience Mm -hmm. and that, that doesn't, just happen mm-hmm. right and, and life experience it comes in everyone's is unique and in, in what we learn and what we take away it's, it, it's different for everyone but I believe that we all need to learn things at different times and at our own cadences mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't ready for a classroom I wasn't ready for that I was always a good student school came easy to me mm-hmm. but looking back on it what I didn't realize was that the the academic discipline and the structure that I had to create for myself mm-hmm. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. And so that might have been a lesson that I would have loved to have learned at 15, 16, 17 years old, but that wasn't it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's okay. And I think that that's where we all have to be able to sit with ourselves and say, yep, this is the way it went for me. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because I am where I am today. Yeah. No, that's, it's a good story to hear. Like there's, there's probably more people than you would think resonate with that story. Sure. Um, I have, I had a friend who, you know, was at the, at the very end and it was just one class holding him up and he struggled with that. I, I think, I think he got that one class out okay. of the way. I got it. I need to ask him because it's, it's also kind of like a sore subject. Like I didn't want to say, Hey, did sure. you actually, did you finish that last class? Um, but I know there are students who have experienced that where they get, they get stuck like close to the end, right at the end or life comes up or work takes priority. Um, I know I was working a lot and I had this like, ah, should I, do I work more? Do I take a semester off? What, you know? And I think that's where the promise, like we really benefit from that 10 years because a lot of students aren't ready. Right. Um, and but it's still good for the students who are ready and can just you know go through be fine. Yeah, and, they, and and I think it's you know if you're ready for it and it's that time for you right when you graduate high school, mm-hmm. do it. Go take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. But if you're not, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you any lesser. It's 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 your route and you got to own it. Yeah. 
All right. So what what motivated you to get to where you are now? Um, so coming up, I I think one of the things that I realized, I started working at the Boys and Girls Club at 19 years old, um, really just needed a job, started out as a camp counselor out there, thought it was going to be fun, and mm-hmm. it sure was. Um, and, and not too long after that, I started to realize the impact that organizations like the club have um, and, and the real work that can be done. And then I kind of simultaneously, I'm starting to recognize my privileges in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as time went on, I, I just sat back and thought more and more about kind of what, what I wanted my life to be and how it works. And, and I kept coming back to, you know, I, I again, all these privileges in the world, and it would be a shame if I didn't use them to be an ally mm-hmm. in whatever way that looks like. And um, so going through with the Boys and Girls Club, because I've been there for over 13 years, I've held probably eight or nine different positions there. I'm just, I'm somebody that just loves to learn, and I love to work hard. Mm-hmm. And those things went hand in hand in the organization when you have some of the great leaders like I had. If, if like Bob Azell really just kind of put me on and let me run. Um, and had so many other great supervisors and managers and coaches that just kept creating opportunities for me professionally and kept teaching me. And I just had to be a sponge and soak it all up. Um, and, you know, again, 13 years later, here I am today mm. um, in a space of, of gratitude and, and humility, just lucky to have the opportunity to get to the work, to do the work that I do, the opportunity to work with the folks that I do, the staff at the club, mm-hmm. um, the community partners that we work with, you know, it's, it, it's, it's going to sound really corny, but at the end of the day, like I wake up and I enjoy what I do and it makes going to work really, really easy every day. Mm-hmm. I, I say the same thing. I don't think it's corny. I mean, it might be corny, but it's a little corny. Yeah. Okay. It's whatever. Corny. It's corny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll own that. That's fine. It's it's all good. It's all good. Like at the end of the day, you enjoy what you do. Yeah, and and you make a difference, and you contribute to society in a in a unique and meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's power in that, and I see what you do around here, and I see the the admiration that the folks around the promise have for you, and the students that you connect with, and your colleagues within the community. Like there's, it's if, for somebody like me from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. That's what tells me you're the perfect person in the perfect place at the perfect time, mm-hmm. right? Because, it, again, if you, that's the way people look at you, the way people speak to you and about you, like that. This, this is what you're meant to be doing. So corny or not, you're All exactly right. where you need to you be. You're going to make me tear up. I thought this was going to be you. All right. Um, okay. So I feel great. Thank you for that. Hey, it's, I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to get into the next question before I get emotional. So uh, if uh, – what what would you do if you were to do anything to transform the Kalamazoo community and nothing would get in the way? What would it be? I did not come prepared for this question. <laughs> um, will you repeat it one more time so I have a little okay. bit more time yeah, to yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could do anything to transform the Kalamazoo community, what would it be? Regardless of funding, politics, anything. I think it all goes back to opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think it's about creating as many opportunities as possible for young people to find their skills, find their passions. So many folks go about life 
never really finding that passion, never being able to work every day for something that they're passionate about. And so how do we, how do we create those experiences to let young people to, to just give them that opportunity to see what they love mm-hmm. and get good at it and practice and explore. I think that's what it would be. And it, and it starts there, right? It starts with our young people because those are our next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine, imagine the community if everybody was doing the work that they loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they, they're, there's something special there. Um, but, it, but it starts with us again. It starts, it starts with adults and, and, being better today than we were yesterday and making sure that we're better tomorrow. Um, and so just maintaining, I think that's that continuous improvement we have to have. It. And so that would be another part of that world, right? Is that that's our, our, we have that growth mindset and we never stop pushing to create those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opportunities are big. Just seeing, seeing different um, ways that you can exist in the world. That's it. And, and especially like the, like the, the, identity belonging agency mm-hmm. framework right like that exists and it starts with identity mm-hmm. if you don't know who you are if you don't see where you can fit in mm-hmm. you're never going to find that place of belonging right you're never going to have that agency right and so that identity piece is so huge and too often society is putting people in boxes mm-hmm. and telling them what they can or can't be right and, and that's where those are the narratives we have to try to disrupt and, and break those down because that's that's what's also ultimately going to give our young people that identity is really being able to explore what they can do. Yeah, it's um, it's not easy. No, I mean there's social media, there's regular media, uh, movies, magazines, whatever you want to call it, where there's all these portrayals of um, of people, but not realistic. Right. Or it's, you know, stereotypes or whatever. And you see that and you're like, okay, that's that's what I could do. I could go play basketball. Okay, I'm short. I can't play basketball. Yeah. What yeah. am I supposed to do now? Yeah. And, um, then, and, and all of all of that, young people soak in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like at the end of the day, like, like you're going to internalize what you see, what you hear, your environment, your surroundings. And, and if, if we can't help change that narrative mm-hmm. – and expose young people to different things and expose them to more and, and find connections and make sure there's representation from every community mm-hmm. in every way in all the most important places. We're going to miss the mark if we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, when I heard about identity, belonging and agency, I was like, what, what is that? I'm a grown man. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> that that's my identity. I'm a grown man. Right, right. So it's hearing that after, you know, you're already grown, but to hear that when you're younger and you start thinking, okay, what, who am I? Yeah. What, am, what am I being called to do? What am I supposed to do? And you start to hear that later on. It's like, okay, you don't have to go through that awkward phase of trying to figure out who or what you want to do. Yeah. Um, like you said, going to college and you've had this structure and then it's gone. A lot of students, there's a lot of students who th- think they know who they are and then they get to college and it changes instantly just because that's your first exposure to like the real world. Yeah. Uh, outside of your family, parents, whoever. So to ha- already have a stronger support system when you're getting there and still having it while you're there is big. So. Yeah, 100%. And, and 
back to the original point of like just knowing who you are and, and never stop, never stopping looking at your identity either. Right. I feel like oftentimes we, we tell ourselves we're one thing or we were this thing mm-hmm. and, and being able to continuously just do the work and do the self-reflection to understand where you fit in mm-hmm. um, and understand who you are, not even where you fit in, understand who you are mm-hmm. um, because who you are matters, right? And it matters to someone and it matters someplace and, and really knowing knowing that you have that value mm-hmm. regardless of anything else, regardless of who you are, you have value. And so making sure you, you, you take stock and inventory of that and, and never forgetting that is it's critical mm-hmm. even as adults. Yeah. And even going back to what you said earlier, you said about being an ally and understanding like privilege that you do have. Uh, that's, I appreciate you saying that. Um, we did a workshop here where we were, I think it was through Kidnet. Um, we were doing this workshop about privilege and the different areas of privilege. Yeah. And I never thought, okay, your, your sex is a privilege. Your religion could be a privilege. Your um, economic standing is a privilege. Like the, all the different areas where you might have privilege. I never thought of that. I yeah. just thought of it. Oh, your race or, yeah. you know, or your gender. That's it. But when you start to really unpack that stuff, it's huge. Yeah, hundred percent. I think even on the flip side, like you understand even more importantly of, of like you understand what that looks like, but you start to understand a little bit more about what marginalized communities exist that you might not have thought about, mm-hmm. right? And then you understand how you show up in spaces. Um, that's something that I've been trying to be as aware as possible of is how I show up into spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, I, I, I carry a lot of these privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be, having that level of awareness and, and having the people out there that are willing to check you too, mm-hmm. um, and make you sit back and okay, yeah, you're right. Um, and, and kidnap, I mean, shout out <laughs> Meg Blinkiewicz, like right. one of the, you know, one, one of those folks in my world that's, it's more than willing to have some of those tough conversations with mm-hmm. me. Um, there are plenty of people like that out in the community and, and, and that's what it requires for us to have that level of awareness, yeah. um, and understand how our privilege shows up in spaces. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think, oh, that, that's, uh, that's why I'm going to boys and girls club. I'm figuring <laughs> that stuff out, but there's, there's so much stuff that you can learn just from someone mentoring you or being a role model. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm enough tangents. <laughs> Next question. Um, I think you, well, okay, this one. What are your favorite things about Kalamazoo? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, we, we're going to do this again. Will you ask the question again? So yeah, what are, your, what, are, answer? what are your favorite things about Kalamazoo? That could be restaurants, people, family, um, the size of the city, what, whatever you want. I think it's, I think it's, there's, there's a spirit about Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a toughness to it. There's an energy to it that I wish I could even put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a love for the city. There's a level of compassion that people have here. Um, there are so many opportunities here. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much to love. And I think it's, for me, being from the east side of the state, growing up 10 minutes north of Detroit, um, the the pace is different, mm-hmm. right? Everything's moving and everything takes you a half hour to get there. 
Um, and here everything's close and everything is slower, but slower isn't bad. Slower can be more meaningful, mm-hmm. right? Slower can be taking better time and care with things. And so for me, I think it's, it, it's just the spirit that you can feel. There's something about Kalamazoo that you can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's all due to the people. And I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Okay. If there was a gold nugget of information that you were to share with someone who'd like to do the same work as you, what would that be? Learn from, learn from everybody around you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can, I, I I learned so much from kids, so much from families, so much from colleagues and other adults And you know, it's, it's not even always the people that you think you're going to learn from, right? I think that I learned so much from my peers in Kalamazoo and get so much wealth from the Ezra Bells of the world, mm-hmm. from the Alexis Buchanans of the world, from Datavia Moore right down the hall, mm-hmm. right? From folks like you. Like, there's just so much to learn um, and just having meaningful relationships with people. And that's how it's done. It's, it's And making sure it's not transactional, mm-hmm. um, making sure it's, transformational and making sure your relationships matter and you're, you're making, you're, you're putting out into the world more than you're taking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, just listening and learning and, and going about your life with compassion. Um, and that'll take right. And that's, you don't, you don't need to come in with some textbook skill set, right? Mm-hmm. You can, you can figure life out if you go about it with some compassion and you learn to listen and you, you know, you make the connections with, with folks that have insight that you don't have, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then there's just so much value in the, the power of people. Um, and, and again, not, not just being in the same space or not just a, you know, a one-off conversation, right. Digging in deeper and learning things that you otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think that's why, conversations that we've had many a times it's it's there's always something that i'm learning from you in all those conversations and and that's that's how i get better Mm -hmm. right is learning from those people around me that really know what they're talking about or have perspectives or life experience that i don't have Mm -hmm. um and and that's it i think i think we hit gold on that one (laughs) i think we did um do you have any questions for me Okay, I, I wish I would have come prepared for this because I'm sure I do. Um, so, so the promise itself, right? Like we've seen, like I said, we've we've seen strategies change, we've seen approaches change, we've seen trade schools get added into mm-hmm. the mix, we've seen different outreach programs, we've seen in different engagement initiatives. Like, where do you see the promise going in the next five, ten years? Where else does the promise need to be intentional to continue doing the work to continue that? striving for greatness and creating those opportunities. I think at least personally, I think it's going to be that adjusting like we talked about earlier, um, seeing the the statistics or the trends or who's not using the promise and how do we, how do we fix that? How do we mm. help that? Um, not that post-secondary is the only way to be successful, but adjusting to say, okay, if people are starting to do this, how do we fit into that? Um, if we want to make Kalamazoo an education city, if we really want that, what is it that needs to give for that to happen? Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of self-analysis. Sure. 
um, for each organization. How do we help each other? And then I think the biggest thing, the thing I want to see is um, if there's an organization that does something like say um, kindergarten through third grade, and then it just, whatever it is, just stops at third grade. What is the next thing? Um, I hate to see students who are involved with something and then just not have another mentor, another uh, place for them to be, another um, support system. Uh, we keep, we talk, we throw around the word, it takes a village and, you know, we need to do this and that, but what is it that's actually connecting us and does that constantly exist? Because mm. we talk about perpetuity, we talk about, um, you know, our community, but what exists for each organization to be connected? Um, and I think I think the promise is going to be involved with that. Absolutely. Um, making sure those organizations are connected, making sure that students are getting, you know, just left behind with not having the next thing to go to. Um, and if we keep looking at, okay, this needs to be an inter- intergenerational thing, then how do we help the parents? How do we help the students? How do we help them before they even get to us? Uh, we have all these resources. Okay, they need to all be lined up. And all if all the kids in Kalamazoo could be in every single thing all the way up until, you know, they graduate, I think we'd be a lot better off. So Yeah, love that. Love that. Yeah. How do we how do we make sure that there's that continuum for learning, that continuum for love, that continuum of support, like mm-hmm. that that we don't get to choose when we step in and step out as a community. We got to make sure that we're always stepping in and there. Yeah. So uh, that that's, absolutely. that's what, that's what I see. Love that. Love that. Any other questions? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on. Thank goodness. I'm incredibly, I, was, I was scared. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll take you off the hot seat now. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, humbled to be here i'm grateful to be able to do the work and we're we're glad you're here i thank you and just to be a part of a much bigger something that's so much bigger than any one of us and so um yeah thank thank you again for having me and uh yeah, I'll make sure that I email you with any additional questions oh, yeah, for you yeah, to yeah. answer on the next episode that I how, forgot. Uh, how can somebody get involved in the work you're doing? Or uh, how can they contact you? Definitely through email. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, the best e- what's way the email? right now? Yeah. Uh, Matt F, M-A-T-T-F at bgckalamazoo.org. Perfect. All right, well, thank you for coming to share your story. Uh, people need to hear it. And um, just thank you for everything that you do already. And I I hope that you continue to, uh, you know, get better at what you're doing and continue to learn. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem.